Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of Hybrid Unlimited. Uh, today, we have uh, Killian Hamilton and Jordan Shallow on the podcast. Uh, I'm stuck in Canada. I'm doing this one solo without Steffi. Uh, Steffi is years deep in a new camp for uh, boxing, her next fight, which is going to be in December in Switzerland. So she's taking this one off. And uh, it's just the Canadian boys here in Toronto in the Prescript studio. Uh, and we talk about God knows what. Um, if you've heard any of our other podcasts, Jordan's been a repeat guest, and we always just have a great time. Uh, we get deep on a few non-fitness topics, and uh, I don't want to give too much away. I think it's a great episode. I think uh, I'm just going to let you guys sit back, relax, and enjoy. Quick shout-out to our sponsor, LMNT. Uh, it's a great-tasting electrolyte drink mix with everything you need and nothing you don't. That means lots of salt with no sugar. LMNT is formulated to help anyone with their electrolyte needs and is perfectly suited for folks following a keto, low-carb, or paleo diet. LMNT contains a science-backed electrolyte ratio, 1,000 milligrams of sodium, 200 milligrams of potassium, 60 milligrams of magnesium, with no with none of the junk. No sugar, no coloring, no artificial ingredients, no gluten, no fillers, no BS. If you want to check these guys out, this is something that Stephanie and I use all the time. Uh, check them out at drinklmnt.com slash hybrid. This podcast episode is also brought to you by Beam. Beam is committed to producing high quality, natural, innovative wellness products trusted by some of the world's top professional athletes. Beam creates products to support four main categories, balance, performance, recovery, and sleep. These products are combined of both CBD and non-CBD ingredients. By tapping into how we function biologically, CBD can work to regulate pain, mood, appetite, anxiety, and inflammation. As a Hybrid Unlimited listener, you get 15% off your order with code HYBRID in all caps. So check them out. That's BEAM and use code HYBRID in all caps for 15% off. Uh, so without further ado, let's hit it. And we're live. And we're live? It's you. That's crazy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or if I could do it in the most Hayden Bow way possible, that's wild. That's, <laughs> that's, that's wild. wild. That's wild uh, doubles as both actually what it means and also please stop talking. Right. It exists at <laughs> polar ends of a spectrum yeah, of interest. Of <laughs> right. It's yeah. like this couldn't be less interesting or this is actually the craziest thing yeah. I've ever yeah. seen. Well, also everything in between. But um, yeah, it's definitely a placeholder in conversations I'm not interested in. Mm. So uh, we're both political prisoners of communist Canada. I wonder if we can seek refugee status. I'd like that. I thought about it being at least technically viable with the new mandate coming on October 30th. Uh, that's the the vaccine passport, like the official To get one. on a plane, yeah. Oh, to go anywhere. Right, right, to go anywhere. So is that not a thing yet? I don't know anything about anything. Fair. Uh, as of October 30th, based off an article I had read uh, yesterday, that... If you don't have proof of vaccination, yeah. you cannot board a plane or train. But it's at the discretion of the airline and train companies to sort out what that is. Weird. So it's not a law? Or like what is it? Yeah, well, it's odd because it leaves a lot of discretion. Like to enforce laws in a country, we have police. Mm -hmm. uh, but to enforce these laws, we have Cheryl uh, at the counter <laughs> at um, Air Canada. Right. So I just don't know 
how much people give a fuck. Yeah, that's true. But also, I think that a lot of those people that end up in those positions live to enforce rules. So it's you tough. Think though. I mean, so feels, here's my thing. Like here's my yeah. thing is like the counterfeit game around this is strong. Crazy. Because it's such a silly thing, it's right? A, like it's literally a, like a, an appointment reminder card for some people. If you got it in the states early enough, that's literally this unlaminated. Yeah, that's what I have. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's just this very easy to replicate thing that probably been replicated a bunch of times so it's like say you can you have a picture of it because it's like well i mean i've gotten into restaurants with a picture of mine that that's all you need yeah, yeah. everywhere i've gone in toronto has been you need a picture of the thing and your id right but that further complicates the issue again because it's like well now we have the ability to digitally render things and it's like sure cheryl might be on a power trip as she works the 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 check-in counter at Air Canada, right. but she's not now working forensics too, right? Like she's not gonna be like that doesn't look real, and it's like you get paid a little over minimum wage, right? Like, do you have mm-hmm. health insurance? Like, you really want to go to bat on this? Is this your hill to die on? And you're gonna be- make the rest of your day more difficult? But if there's anything I've learned about TSA and all, all the the people that work there is that they will die on those hills. But it's not TSA. <laughs> all like it's if you go through. Oh, it's, you're right. It's, it's just the It's the literally the guy the who's checking yeah. the bags. But yeah. I, I even had it coming back from Tampa where I had the most janky negative COVID test from a... <laughs> from a she showed up at her place. A doctor's office in which the head doctor was just an osteopath, okay. but they did all amount of medical procedures there. <laughs> like he was a general practitioner, but he was just an osteo, and uh-huh. the test took seven minutes, and they just scribbled on a paper, COVID negative. And then sign their name. Uh, the person job. beside me had like a legit one. My check-in lady could care less. She's like, "Yeah, fuck it, get the fuck out of here." And then these ninety-year-old people got sent away because it wasn't the right test, wow. and they were ninety. But I feel like this is smart. This is discretion on because you're what twenty-eight years yeah. old, right? And they're like, "All right, if he has it." He's gonna be fine. Whatever. If these people have it, then they're definitely gonna die on the plane. Go right on the plane. So I feel like that's kind of smart, and that's always one thing that like it's bothered me about this whole scenario is just like the relative risk per cohort, right? Like, mm-hmm. why do I need to stay inside? I'm yeah, thirty one years old. I was at the beginning when they're like, all right, you know, we're gonna be inside for two weeks. Let everybody stay in their house and like we'll chill and we'll flatten the curve and do all that. I was like, I was on board. I was like, yeah, we can all stay inside for two weeks, right? It's not going to affect anyone's life. And then when we got to a point where it was like, it's been a year and a half, I'm like, okay, now you're just ruining people's lives and livelihood. And like, like look at all the businesses in Toronto that just crashed and burned because of that entire thing. Like how many rounds of lockdowns have there been here? Three or four? Yeah. Yeah. Three or four. Four. Like, the term global, like two year long global pandemic to me is an oxymoron of a sentence. It can't be that serious. Because if you got a real good one, <laughs> right. like a real good, like walking dead plague going on, it's like this, this is over in, in like seven seasons. Mm-hmm. Like it's not going the, it's not going the distance for two calendar years, but they keep finding a way to just stoke the fear fire just enough to keep. And, but here's yeah. how, why I think this movement will never really you know, carry the weight that people think it's going to carry. Like everyone makes these like early World War Two premonitions about like <laughs> this is where we're headed. It's like, yeah, except the people <laughs> who are extreme. getting like real crazy about it 
are old fat people. So it's not like they're going to rise up in like hordes and be like, everyone in train cars is like, the fuck? You just <laughs> kick them down the fucking stairs, right? Like they don't hold any physical power. Yeah. Did you hear uh, Bill Burr's thing where he's like, you know how like one of the conspiracy theories is that they're trying to infect or this injection is to like, you know, basically the microchip thing. Yeah. I love it. Right? So, I don't know. Some, like, sleeper soldier thing. I, I don't know how Has, this became, It's Kingsman. Like, it's the original plot of the first <laughs> Kingsman <laughs> movie. Mentoring, I'm yeah. just waiting for Samuel L. Jackson to activate all these chips in everyone's brain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But his whole point is, like, why on earth would they need, like, this vaccine, if that was the case, would only affect all of those, like, sheep people. Right. Yeah. Right? So it's like you only have the super liberal, like, soft people taking the thing and then what you're left with all these hard-headed like fuck off like crazy people that are just not taking it right it's like that doesn't sound like a good plan at all like you're literally it sounds like the opposite you kind of want those the other nuts on your side i it would be a hell of a battle royale <laughs> but the the thing that sealed it for me was the biden the picture of biden getting his booster in a stage set that was meant to look like the white house that was a weird one for me. Was that the thing where it was like uh, a pretend vaccine? Was that the thing? There was not actually a... I think, no, this was like very recent. This was in the oh, last okay. like three or four Rogan weeks. Rogan posted it? Rogan posted it. He says, whole world's a stage, which is a Shakespeare quote. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so they're on like a sound stage, but when the image hits social media, that's not this panned out image. It literally just looks like the Oval Office next to the Rose Garden or whatever the hell in the White House. But someone is like, you don't let this picture get taken, right? It's someone in the studio where this was meant to look and staged and set meant to look like the White House pulls their camera out from, you know, 30, 40 feet back. And you actually see the sound stage with the lights and the walls and the fake everything. That's not a good look. It's not a great look, <laughs> right? So it's just, and that is what it's just. Stokes all the conspiracies on the other side. But my thing with conspiracies, what I don't get, is like, if you think that the most powerful, smart, organized people in the world are orchestrating a mass conspiracy, why do you think you know about it? Yeah, like you're dumbass can figure yeah, it out. Like you just <laughs> got it. Like it's the same guy who can't use a self checkout. That's also like, by the way, it's the Illuminati. I've got the tip. It's like, no, dude. I saw you struggle putting bananas through the Metro checkout. You fuck. No, it's a hundred percent that man. But that's the same reason. The reason why they're struggling with the Metro <laughs> banana checkout is why they're in on the conspiracy theory. But it's just the axiom of fear and control. Right. Like there's a lot of unknowns clearly in that person's life, like how to yeah. weigh in their bananas. <laughs> and it's like it then gives them an ounce of control. I think people who either forego the wantingness or the illusion of control and don't live in fear, like what are you afraid of? Who are just like, yeah, I don't know. The world's just a bunch of random shit that happens and then you die. <laughs> Which is probably the more peaceful way to go about your life. But if you feel out of control in every other element of your life, then you're like, here's this one thing that I can control. I can control the narrative in my circle around this. And that can give me some, that can uh, quell some of my fear. But it's like, if you just like, eh, eh, whatever, it's all good. Like, sure, I keep a hammer in the door in case shit pops off. <laughs> but other than that, it's like, that's really my only extraneous measure that I've taken. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, it's, I mean, it's it's bizarre for me coming from 
the exact opposite of this yeah, environment. Like, bizarre, you know, like living in Miami, like COVID doesn't exist where I come from. Yeah. And that's been, an, it's been a myth since <laughs> a year and a half ago. And, um, then you come here and literally to get in places, they're just yeah. like, show me your, your vaccine passport and everyone's wearing masks. And <laughs> I, I was telling you, I realized how different it was going to be when I got on the flight. So I flew, um, from Dubai to Toronto and then, uh, Toronto to Halifax. And I flew Emirates from Dubai to Toronto, and then I flew WestJet from Toronto to Halifax. And the first thing, I I sit down, and I'm, like, nodding off because I just flew 14 hours or whatever it was previously, and I'm tired. And this woman beside me taps me on my shoulder, like, aggressively, and goes, like, my mask slightly slipped down, so my nose was peeking out. She goes, your mask slipped down. I'm like, oh, this is a, this is going to be very different, you know? And you're also flying to the Maritimes, which is different than again, right? Are they more tightened up, you think? I think so, because yeah. it's our retirement home, right? Yeah, like, one, one sniffly nose, once you get, like, east of Montreal, just takes a good sneeze and that whole that whole <laughs> yeah just <laughs> right, right through the yeah so it's nova yeah. scotia fred, fred pi the whole nine in newfoundland well, the, so, the south shore of nova scotia i'm pretty sure is uh like a blue zone which is like where there's a dis- disproportionate number of uh people over 100 years old Sorry, one person is a disproportionate <laughs> number yeah. of people over a hundred years old. It's it's something like so, there's something wild though. Like so it's, like an epidemiological phenomenon. Yeah, in that area, and uh, I, I think if you went like if you go there, you'd understand why. Just because no one's stressed about anything, anything. ever. Like it's the slowest pace. Like I always say, like living in Miami is awesome, but I I feel like sometimes it takes years off my life, mm. and then going to. Bridgewater, that town in Nova Scotia, just like puts them back on because <laughs> everyone's just could couldn't care less about what's happening anywhere. Like I don't know, it's just the slow. It's and it's slowly becoming a place that has things. Weird. Like when I used to first go there, it was there were no things. You had one restaurant and that was it, and everything closed at eight. And now everything still closes at eight, <laughs> but now there's two breweries. Like a little like coffee shop, breakfast spot, like all these different things, but it's uh yeah, it's like it's this nice balance of them sort of like seeing what is cool in other parts of the world, but still being slow as hell, mm-hmm. and also COVID kind of not existing. Like my parents have been out there for almost like the whole pandemic, I think. Or pandemic, well, like right. this, this year's this year's version of the pandemic. Yeah, um, just because for a long time they didn't even have mask mandates like you if you were out of province you had to quarantine for two weeks but they had almost no cases of covid so they you could just live regular life after that yeah i think it makes a pretty good case for living in smaller communities across the board yeah i'm all for that but it, it gets it gets sleepy you know like you're there for a month or two and it's like okay i i want some like Someone needs to cut me off in traffic. Yeah. You know? Well, to, I think it's all relative too, right? Like in the last, <laughs> I, just in the last six months, how many live hand-to-hand combat events have you personally been at? Yeah, that's true. You've been at so a many. handful of bare knuckle, some big ticket boxing matches. A week mm-hmm. before that, you literally saw a giant 
dome a guy on the top of the head. <laughs> yeah, I was at uh, McGregor Poirier in Vegas also. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, maybe a month for you is, like, six months for other people. Yeah, like, because Miami's insane. Yeah. It's a I, different place. It, it certainly is that. It's, like... Like Miami is like a car- like a cartoon of itself. Yeah. Sometimes you know it's it is all the the crazy that like people think it is, but then also all the underlying crazy that people don't even know that it is. But I think therein lies the beauty of Miami <laughs> is people are committing actual crimes. You're not <laughs> yeah. worried about like the schnoz coming down over the the N95 <laughs> if someone's like toting gats with like kilo strapped to their chest. It's like yeah. You just oh, don't have yeah. time. You don't have the bandwidth for it. I always say that. I'm like, I, I don't think, I have never in my life in Miami gotten a speeding ticket. No. You know, and I've always said, I could be wrong, but I think it's because there's more important things right. that they're needing to take Cops care of. Cops are stoked because it's like, they're probably at least, they're like, oh, the Porsche's going. We get behind him <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. on our way to the next call. We got ourselves a blocker. Let's head for the end zone. Yo, on that note, I haven't been uh, here for like two years, like I said. Yeah. And, um, the 407 oh. might as well be the Autobahn. It's a play. Oh, yeah, dude. Right? 440 is the minimum on the 407. <laughs> 407 oh is when Kramer paints the lines <laughs> on his adopted <laughs> highway. It's Yo, a pleasure cruise. It's yeah, really. That thing is nuts. You oh, can buddy. go 200 and you're just <laughs> keeping up. <laughs> you just you paid the toll, man. Yeah, it's all systems go. I, it's it's my I don't and it's also, know what a transponder is. I know I need one. I know I don't have one, but I'm on that <laughs> bitch every day. Yeah. Did you take that to come here? No, but oh. I took that when I did construction dude, every day of my life. It, it, it is, sick. dude. It's the first class of <laughs> of roads. Right. Everything's smooth. All the cars are nice too, which I enjoy. <laughs> Like, oh. I have the shittiest car on the 407 at all times. Dude, it's unbelievable. <laughs> Nobody's in the left lane unless they're going 200. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, so I was in the 407 once going 150 in the left lane, and a cop flashed me and made me move over. Oh, <laughs> and he passed me. Yeah, you fucking do. I was like, sorry. Yeah, this guy I was getting pulled over, and he just moved in yeah. and just gunned it. Yeah, like guy's former Miami PD. That's what <laughs> 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 sort of silly highway. Oh, yeah. yeah. It is a nice little, like, reprieve from the world. It is. It's it's a like a bubble of just... Nice, nice freedom. Yeah, that you just don't get anywhere else. It's like the Disney Express line for adults. <laughs> yeah, so good, man. That's so why I, I was I left late here, and I think I must have made up ten minutes worth of time just because of that highway. The best. You've been known to do that a time or two. That's true, but if you do that outside of Miami and Florida, yeah. Well, have, also doesn't help. <laughs> doesn't help that you drive a rocket ship. Your car scares the shit out of me, man. Oh. You, when you guys were going to Vegas, and I was that was my grocery getter for the week. I was like, oh, this is insane. I just I Ubered a few times. Cause I'm like, no, <laughs> no, I don't need to get to Whole Foods that fast. Yeah, it can get you in some trouble for sure. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's. It's a different thing in Miami because in Miami it's still like there's no 407. The thing it's a uh, you know it's a, it's a sport driving. Mm. You the know? highway is yeah. a sport. There. Yeah, yeah. A full it's, contact. It's Mario Kart. It's literally Mario Kart. <laughs> no shells, one yeah. life. My people throw banana peels out the window. It's the same thing. 100 percent. And then you know what's crazy in Miami is every once in a while a personal plane just crashes on the street. I, love it. <laughs> I feel like like once a quarter there's a personal plane that just ends up on the road. There's just a Cessna on the 95. You literally just, I've seen it personally twice since I've been there. That's a lot. Which, yeah, I mean, I've been there a, a few years now, but driving by a plane that's gone down. 
Like, can you? Did you ever think you'd see that? <laughs> Do you know? Like, I I feel like as a as a as a ambassador to Canada when I'm in other places to like hold the door open and be extra nice because I'm mm-hmm. Canadian. I feel like if Miami is just starts to feel like it's losing its way, someone just sacrifices. Like, you know what? This city's <laughs> yeah. not what it used to be. Yeah, we got to keep we're, this Miami. We're going up in the Cessna. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna bomb it down on the ninety five. Like uh, Miami is. There are things you see there that you'll never see anywhere else. Oh, that's for sure. And just a, in a million different categories. Well, because I think of it this way. Like, there's there's such a mix of cultures. Like, I often think about, and I forget what comedian, I think it was Ricky Gervais, did a joke about how, like, confused animals must be at the zoo. Like, <laughs> yeah. when a penguin sees a giraffe, that was never supposed to happen, right? But, like, when a Russian guy sees a Cuban, you're just like, they're both just like, what are you? What are you doing? Why do you talk so funny? What are you wearing? And I can feel like that's what that's what Miami is. It's this melting pot, this like zoo sort of yeah culture of, of people just going, huh? And actually, specifically of those two groups of people, yeah. there's a very large representation. Like South Beach is entirely those two groups. Of, well, those plus uh, Jewish versions. Of oh, those. I was just yeah. gonna say, there's nothing better. There's no better juxtaposition. Then driving through like South Beach into like North Miami Beach and starting to see like the fishnet African American women crowd going on yachts that they don't know who owns. They're just well, there's a yacht there. It's Miami. I'm wearing neon fishnets. I just go on the boat. That's how it works. And then there's this sitting at like a stoplight, and there's four like ugh. like, like a like, Hasidic, Hasidic, Hasidic Jews with the hat. It's just. It's like the opening scene of Snatch yeah. where Benicio Del Toro is like knocking off the diamond and they're just sitting there, hats, full sheets, next to like literally just, they're just wearing fishnets. That's it. And it's just such a juxtaposition. It's like this is the fucking universe. Yeah, that was a thing that I didn't know was um, considered uh, clothing until I moved to Miami. Fishnets. Yeah, well, just entire like full body. I was just gonna say your entire body can be covered in fishnet. Yeah, and that's they, so they wear, they'll wear like crazy thong bikinis, mm. and then they'll put that that it literally is like it literally looks like the bag that uh, the dodgeballs were kept in in yep. gym class. Yeah, they throw that on top, and they're like, "This is clothes." I have a different. And then they'll go time. to restaurants. Yeah, and they let them in. And they let them Which in. Which is, I have shirts where the armholes are big enough that I like put them on and my head is, I can only imagine how difficult putting one of those on is. No experience, but I would imagine a, putting your arm through, <laughs> how yeah. do you even do that? Imagine just like, you just ever like, wear like jeans that are ripped and your foot keeps going in the hole? Oh, and you just yeah. keep making the hole putting bigger? It on, just, yeah, just <laughs> fucking shredding yeah. it. That would have to be it. <laughs> yeah, Miami's, uh, Miami's a strange place. No. It is. And um, are we ever going to get back there? Yeah. Be, maybe me before you at this point. Yeah. That that was, man, I, I was like partially, um, obviously not happy that you had a, a bad interaction at the airport, but I was like, thank God someone else experienced this yeah. as well. This is my yeah. third time. That's right. I've been, den- so I've been denied. So usually it doesn't get this far. Yeah. Right. Usually they. So when I was coming back from Sydney mm-hmm. the first time, I got stopped at the actual check-in counter. It was like the lady at Cathay Pacific was like, "There's no fucking way 
that they're going to let you in. So, because right. we were routing through Hong Kong, which is like oh. ma- major heat score. Yeah. So, <laughs> went back to the consulate office, sorted that out. Most recently, well, not most recently, but recently in June, going from Istanbul to Rome, made it past the ticket counter. I was like, oh, sick. That was the final boss. Good to go. Scanning to go onto the plane to Rome. Bags are in the fucking plane already. Ugh. Let's go to Rome, shall we? And walking down the jetway, ticket clear, we're all good, tap, tap. You can't get on this plane. The COVID mood ring had changed. Like, I had literally had, like, That's Newsweek, so the Times, the Journal, all these articles up saying, like, Italy now open for international tourists. And I was like, so that one. And now at the level of customs, which is a new one, I did a place I didn't know. I mean, I anticipated I could get stopped, but it was two days difference. It was a two-day right. difference because we had gotten back 14, from. And it was the 14-day rule. Right. It was a, because we had taxied through Amsterdam on their way back through or transfer through Amsterdam on the way back from Dubai. Yeah, that was the same thing that happened to me. So my like I don't know if I filled you in completely, Killian, but uh I originally took the flight from Miami to yeah. Dubai, had the layover in the UK. Everything I literally cuz I had to book the trip for there was like from our team there was like uh, almost to double digits of people. Yeah. So I was making sure everyone was going to be fine and you know, obviously didn't want to waste money trying to fly people out and getting screwed and called all the different embassies, the airlines, whatever. Everybody said we were all good to go. And then uh, I'm trying to fly back from Dubai and they say, oh, you can't get on the flight because uh, you went through the UK and the UK is a restricted country for Canadian passport holders and that means you have to stay out of the States for 14 days. Which to me seems ridiculous because, okay, I'm a Canadian person. Yeah. But I'm the same type of human being <laughs> as the other nine people or whatever it was that took that same flight that you're allowing back in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's such a bizarre rule. And it's not like I'm even a Canadian who is like here. Living spending yeah, yeah, all this time here and living here. I'm, I'm there as well. So you live like, in a house with someone who <laughs> got through. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. This In the same household. Yeah. You know, my fiance went back. Fine. And, um, yeah, so I did that and then decided, okay, I'll, I'll spend... We Actually, Romania, Turkey, and Bulgaria were the only three countries really where you we, I would have been allowed to go, like, kill time mm. um, that weren't restricted. And then when I was in... Halifax, so I, well, or Canada. I could obviously come back home. Just came to see my my parents. Flew to Halifax somehow. Uh, lost my passport. Didn't know how I did that. Um, You're gonna find that one day. Honestly, I mean, if I find it, any. So, I guess for 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 people listening, I should explain it. So I tried to fly back from Halifax to Miami, and uh, couldn't find my passport. Passport has my visa in it. Got a rush order uh-huh. on the passport. Visa. Uh, has to be reissued and the closest visa appointment like if you go on the website it maxes out at three digits okay so if you're, you you can type yeah. in like where you want to maybe have the the appointment and it maxes out at three digits so you type in toronto for e2 visas 999 days <laughs> which means i don't know how many thousand you know because yeah. that's right. just maxed that's out the number right, yeah. you know uh, and everywhere was like that, except Calgary had like 170 something days. Um, 
so yeah, now I'm in the, the process of that. Got the, got the passport, but the visa is like a whole other thing. And, uh, you know, so might, might be here for a while. That's like, insane. Isn't it? Isn't that wild? To me, the, the visa thing's weird because it's like, you know, I have it. Yeah. Like you right? have done like the thing. To get the reason visa. why I can't go back is because if I try to go back, you'll pull it up on your computer and see that I have it and can't physically produce it. So like, don't you have a printer? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Can't they produce it for you? It's just, like, do or yeah. why do you just print need another to one? Produce it. Like yeah. it's there in a system. Like okay, there's no digital you're copy good. of this. Like you can't like log on to government Canada and, and just print another one, right? Yeah. Yeah. I I'm, I assume it's just some like human trafficking thing. They don't want you just printing off many copies of your visa and like people flying around the world <laughs> or like yeah. fl- flying into the states. But I you think know? just keep it digital. Just never put it in a never put it in a passport. hundred percent. Especially because I feel like the passport is the the hardest yeah. thing to fake, right? right. Yeah. It's like it's not like you can just have a visa and then go into the States. Like you need the passport also. So if you don't have my passport Yeah, that should just like go into the barcode. Yeah. It only hurts me to not <laughs> it's not like it's if someone's a human trafficker and they found my passport with my visa in it. Right. Okay. That happens regardless of whether or not you give me the new one. Right. Yeah. So it's like the only person you're hurting is me, not the criminals you're trying to yeah. fight this thing against. I just don't. But that's most laws, though. Like, there's been a big push in the States and in Canada to, like, get legal, like, to limit the amount of legal guns. Right. Like, who's committing crimes with legal guns? Yeah. Nobody, reg- <laughs> yeah. nobody registers right. like, mass shooting weapons. Right. <laughs> it's like every, th- every piece has got its serial number filed off right like and it was handed to another guy in a napkin like that's how crimes happen with weapons so it is really only punishing law-abiding citizens yeah that's tough i know my dad was super against that because he grew up um hunting in in barry and uh that was the whole thing he's like i don't even want my name on this like on this registry of like I don't know, people who, they, they can just kind of like hose you or track you down, of, yeah. uh, you know, or, or the cops come to your house and now they know that you have guns and it's like an extra thing. Like, I don't know. It's, uh, it's kind of a weird transition for Canada. Yeah. I've definitely, from my twenties to my thirties, gone from like very anti-gun <laughs> to very pro-gun. Yeah. A, I think a large part of that was spending a majority of my twenties in Miami. I think that was a big <laughs> catalyst for like, you know what? You guys might be onto something here. Because it's like mutually assured destruction. It's like, you got one, I got one. It's going to be clean up in aisle five. Like, let's just go the fuck home. That's the thing, right? It's just like, it only takes one person with a gun to, like, disrupt the whole non-gun environment. Mm. And there's a lot of those one people. With guns. <laughs> in Miami, yeah. 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 So, <laughs> you know, I, it took a couple times of, like, um, like, a feeling of, like, just somebody invading my space to, to kind of like flip that switch for me. Cause for a long time I was super anti-gun also. Right. I was just like, well not, not like anti-gun, but just like, I, I would look at the way the States views it as like, it's a, you know, this like sort of like God given right. Like it's a, an, you know, uh, you know, part of the constitution and be like, okay, that's a bit much. But then having someone come into my driveway twice and steal yeah. the tires off my car. Oh. <laughs> And also, like, break into a car and steal, like, a Steffi's purse and, like, a bunch of stuff. It's a lot harder like, when the door is locked. It, yeah. Steph's not going to listen to this, but it's also, <laughs> a, lot, it's also a lot harder to break That's into true. a thing when Steffi remembers to lock the door into the car. Yeah, which she won't. <laughs> but, <clears throat> ever. But, um, yeah. It was a few of those instances where I was just like, 
that's bold enough that the next step of kind of like coming into the house isn't that far of a stretch. I would like to have like a last line of defense. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's kind of like, that's what changed my mindset, I guess a little bit. But even that is a much more conservative approach to guns. Like the last line of defense, especially in Florida, because you know what line of defense guns are for most people in Florida? (laughs) Coming up in the one spot. Like we've been to dinner with our friends in Miami and we're not going to name names Marcus Leone. But we're literally, (laughs) he's just sitting, he's he's huge. He's a bear sitting at a steakhouse. He like stretches. Oh, you know what? Was it him? No. It was fucking Rhino. Sorry, Rhino. Not sorry, Rhino. You're not (laughs) going to listen to this either. But he stretches and he's just got a fucking heater, the waistband. (laughs) But like pure on cheddar Bob dick tucking it. And I'm just like, dude, we're in Bal Harbor. (laughs) Like you're easily the most intimidating thing in Bal Harbor. And just like, I don't know, like puts it in his pocket or something. And it's just like. Why does it have to be the first line of defense? I'm with you. Last line of defense, yes. Protect your home, absolutely. But, like, the in-public gun, conceal, carry, open carry. I I prefer open carry. I want to know yeah, who sure. I either yeah. need to hide behind or hide from. The conceal carry, I don't understand. Like, I don't understand the efficacy of that. Right. Like, if guns are legal and we can all have guns... What is the necessity for you to hide your gun from me? Right. Like, why do you have to have an extra hand? Like, why can't we just all have our guns? Mm. Right. That's just odd to me. Is there a reason for that? What is the... Well, it's state by state, too, right? Yeah, like, not everywhere has open carry. Yeah. Like, well, not everywhere has open, open carry. carry. I remember going to, like... Are there places that have concealed carry that don't have open carry? I think... I think that's California. Yeah. California's concealed carry state. So, but I don't think oh, you could just weird. fucking walk down Hollywood Boulevard with like pistols at <laughs> dawn, right? Like Yosemite like, Sam, right? Yeah. I don't think you can do <laughs> that. Like, but I would imagine most people on Hollywood Boulevard have a gun on them. I wow. would hope so. I would. Um, that's a bit wild. Yeah. You know what I didn't understand until Instagram existed? The EOD or whatever it is, that, or EOC, everyday carry. Oh EDC, yeah, like what's, EDC, what's, 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 what's your everyday carry? Yeah. and it's like that. everyone has a field notes notebook. Yeah. And also a gun and a pen knife. And yeah. I'm like, dude, like you're either the BTK killer or like you're getting groceries. But like, what's the field notes notebook for that everybody, like, what are it's you writing gro- It's the groceries. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the groceries. Almond milk, yeah. eggs, nine millimeter yeah. rounds. Got and it. everyone has their keys on a carabiner that they snap to their mouth. It's like, your pockets. You have so many pockets. You have a hoodie and a pair of pants on. Drives me you're insane. walking around with a four-door hatchback on. Just the idea, too, like, I... I'm sure we all do this, but embodying the mind of someone who's in the room as the picture is being taken. Like watching someone yeah. do a selfie is like the most uncomfortable. Do a selfie, right. take take a selfie. I think I'll tell you. Is that what the kids are saying? But like imagine before you both rushed out the door this morning, uh-huh. you like put it all in together. This cool Tetris shape. Right. Yeah, and exactly. stood on your stool like a little bitch and took a picture of your table. It's like, dude, you put your hog on the table. Yeah. Man, that's your everyday care. I would just, yeah, I don't think like the kids at Columbine were sitting there with the everyday yeah. carry. Just the fucking like 12 gauge of the yeah. trench coat. Like, oh, yeah, man. I don't know. And it's like, ugh, signaling on social media is. is is interesting, but that particular habit—that was one of the first ones. But it's 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 the it's the guy version of like taking a picture of your acai bowl. Like it's the most yeah. basic bitch move there is. Yeah, it is that. It's all. It's I think the the people who are way into that um, are people that just like don't have a thing that need a thing. You know what I mean? Like 
if you're very involved in your business or you have all these, you know, or, or a sport or what, like you have these different things going on in life, like you're concerned with those things, but it's when people either used to have that and now don't have it anymore yeah. or just never had a thing. Mm. They like cling to these, uh, whatever, like little, like, I don't know. Some people end up being the guys that hold fish in Tinder photos, right? <laughs> like that's one. Being, what? Being a fish, yeah. being a fishing guy. Oh, fish, big fishing guy. But do you, you think know? that oh, there's so many mistakes to that thought? No woman's gonna look at that and be like, "Yeah, this guy." But that's a thing. Like, there's an yeah. inordinate amount of apparently. I've actually never been on the app because I've always been in a relationship while this whole like right. internet dating scene happened. But from what I've learned. There are an inordinate amount of men holding fish as their display picture on Tinder. Like, what does that? <laughs> what, what does that prove? You know what I mean? Like, what is that? What are they trying up? to project? Yeah, they're like, I can sit somewhere all day and do nothing. <laughs> but I think yeah. I so number one contender for the pussy. I think the, <laughs> the, I think it's the only time where a man can ask another man for them to take a photo and it be okay. And if there's any other time where a man has a photo taken with him, he's probably with a woman. So it's either like a picture of this guy with his ex-girlfriend on Tinder <laughs> or, or him with a fish. Yeah. That's really, because that was one thing I noticed when That's I was amazing. in Europe was like there are a lot of guys asking other guys to take photos of them. Together, and, two men. Uh, no, like if say wow. it would be me and you walking through, I like, saw it a lot in Dubai, I saw it a lot yeah. in Turkey. Say we were walking through Istanbul and we were like somewhere if I I would never just be like hey bro no you wouldn't you no know, you wouldn't because you'd be gone you'd take my phone you'd fucking <laughs> like, okay, throw cool, it thanks. in the phosphorus <laughs> <laughs> the fuck later you loser but over there it's very common practice and I honestly think that might be it it's like this is going up as a Tinder profile or an Instagram profile this is my chance to get my get a shot but it's yeah. like if you don't need a, if you have a girlfriend you, and you wanted a picture in front of the Bosphorus or in front of the right. Burj Khalifa, you could ask your girlfriend to do it. But you don't have a girlfriend. And if you don't, if you have real friends who are like, fuck you, man, I'm not taking <laughs> yeah. this photo, your only other option is the one time it's acceptable to ask another man. I think that's what it is. Honestly, that's very deep. Yeah. I never thought of it like that. And I, I think you might be right because also the type of people who are doing that are definitely the type of people who would not be comfortable yes. being like, hey, bro, can you take a photo of me at this nice restaurant <laughs> or, like, whatever? Yeah. Right. It needs to be some, like, man thing, like we're out hunting or fishing yeah. or whatever. Otherwise, you're just the you're just the alpha Chad. It would be, you know, <laughs> bro, like, we're at the CN Tower and you need a new Tinder pick, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> he just pulls a fish out of the cooler? <laughs> just got a pike on deck? It's like, better stop by St. Lawrence first. Uh, myself a good pike. That would be the, the ultimate. You just sit next to the Burj Khalifa with a walleye. Damn. It's the ultimate flex. We should start a movement. Yeah. We just take pictures with fish everywhere. Yeah. There's no way I'm gay. <laughs> Hashtag there's no way I'm gay. Just on the big old fish. Oh, shit. Oh, my Yeah, God. I couldn't imagine because... I look at dating apps the same way I look at vacation destinations. It's like <laughs> you're now paying for the people who aren't there, right? Because like when I was in the Valley, everyone would talk about um, like coffee and bagels or something. Okay. It was like a pay, but it was it was like a verification process. It was essentially turned into what, if you watch the social network, the mm -hmm. movie, what that was originally supposed to be, like the, do, the for, at for Harvard, Harvard at EDU, yeah. but it was or, like just uh, Harvard, Stanford, MIT, and Ivy League. 
was like, uh, yeah, I want to say it was bagels and something, coffee and bagels or something Wait, like this that. This is a location? It's a dating app. Oh, so okay. because like Tinder oh, okay. was like, well, because Tinder was like hook, hook up and just whatever. Right. And then that kind of became socially acceptable. And then it was like, well, there's still an underservice market for people looking to meet online. And then it was just like paid. I don't know. Yeah. But you just pay for those to not be on the Tinder yeah. cesspool. You know, have you seen like all the weird ones there are too? Like there's like the low key racist ones. Oh, yeah. Like um, there's Indian ones based off of caste. There's well, there's also white ones. Yeah, Christian like, Mingle, uh, Farmers Only, I think is what it's called. Farmers Only. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, and it's it's only white people. That's what that that's like the low key. Yeah, you know, like if you want white people, this is the app. The old Christian Pride dating service. That's yeah. really, that's really. There's strange. ones for just gingers. Eh. That's probably good. <laughs> Cancel that gene. <laughs> well, that's that not. Right well, they're, out of here. they're trying to keep it. Yeah, they're trying to they're keep, trying it to keep it going. Yeah, that's a that's an odd one. But it, it's to your point, though. It's those apps you're paying for who's not there, which right. is brother racist. Yeah, I mean, what do you get if if ultimately there's a if there's a demand for it, right? Free and that's the thing. Free market sorts everything out. Right. Right. And I think ultimately to circle back to our original point about COVID or conversation about COVID, I think that's our way out is money. Like if people mm-hmm. start voting, yeah, Trudeau fucking called an election, wasted $600 million and put in another single ICU bed in Ontario to which there's only like 1200 but whatever. Yeah. $600 million to be in the exact same place we were fucking four, 14 weeks ago. Mm-hmm. But it's like if we just started voting with our dollars, like if, if the because I think. In Ontario, the silent majority are, of people are, they're open, they're conscientiousness, they're the conscientious, mm-hmm. but they don't want to wear a mask. Right. I would say the majority of people in public wearing masks are doing it because the majority of Canadians are conscientious by by nature or by personality type. Yeah. If all those people said, I'm not wearing a mask, and all the businesses said, well, you can't come in, then they said, okay. And then Quick shout out to our sponsor, Element like, ah, uh, It's guys. a great tasting electrolyte drink mix with everything you need and nothing you don't. That means lots of salt with no sugar. LMNT is formulated to help anyone with their electrolyte needs and is perfectly suited for folks following a keto, low carb, or paleo diet. LMNT contains a science backed electrolyte ratio 1,000 milligrams of sodium, 200 milligrams of potassium, 60 milligrams of magnesium with, no, with none of the junk. No sugar, no coloring, no artificial ingredients, no gluten, no fillers, no BS. If you want to check these guys out, this is something that Stephanie and I use all the time. Uh, check them out at drinklmnt.com slash hybrid. This podcast episode is also brought to you by Beam. Beam is committed to producing high quality, natural, innovative wellness products trusted by some of the world's top professional athletes. Beam creates products to support four main categories, balance, performance, recovery, and sleep. These products are combined of both CBD and non-CBD ingredients. By tapping into how we function biologically, CBD can work to regulate pain, mood, appetite, anxiety, and inflammation. As a Hybrid Unlimited listener, you get 15% off your order with code HYBRID in all caps. So check them out. That's BEAM and use code HYBRID in all caps for 15% off. Oh, for sure. I mean, and that's something that I've come to realize through this pandemic is 
there's a weird obedience culture in Canada mm. that I wasn't fully aware of growing up here. But now it's you're you're exactly right where I grew or I live now in a place where that's exactly what happened. Right? Like they tried to do all this stuff really early on for like yeah. a few for like a month and a half and then everyone was like no. And then they're like, ah, oh, well, I guess COVID doesn't exist then. We'll just do normal stuff. And, you know, not that that's the best strategy. <laughs> There's been a lot of instances of COVID, like much higher than anywhere else, I think. I'm pretty sure this is like, I think Florida is the like COVID incubator of the world. But people in general are like living life regularly. Whereas I come here and I'm like, wow, this is like, this was like week one of the pandemic in Miami. Right. Yeah. Like what we're going through here. And actually more so because of having to present the vaccine passport and, and all that stuff. So, yeah, I think you're totally right. You vote with your dollars. But it's also the inception story of both countries, right? Like, And that's where I look at the origin story of Canada versus the origin story uh-huh. of the United States. Yeah. It's like the, the burden of proof has always been to the authority, where the burden of proof in Canada has always been to the subservient, right? So, like... The burden of proof is always on the government in the states, and mm-hmm. if like they can't come up with the proof for the citizens, the citizens are like fuck you, uh-huh. and it's like fuck you. You want your tea? You go. Hey, there's your fucking tea, you pricks. It's in the it's in the it's in the Boston Harbor. <laughs> with Canada, the burden of proof has always been on the level of the individual, which a lot of times, in a lot of cases, works really well, mm-hmm. right? Like the highs in Canada are, are not as high as the states. The lows in Canada aren't ever as as low, but. You know, it's it, this is the price you pay for like I don't want to say mediocrity, but like this is the price you pay to try and keep things even keel, right? This is where this is where liberal left can turn little like can mutate into socialist if you just change like the yeah. reference point of like, hey, we're all in this together. Let's be taxed a little bit more so the homeless guy on the street doesn't. Like, yeah, sure, no worries. You can take that and just slightly mutate it to be like, hey, we're all in this together. Your neighbor's not vaccinated. He doesn't get to eat food. But <laughs> yeah, like, no, and, and, and not to go too historical of it, no, and not yeah, to yeah. Cr- draw a false equivalency, which a lot of our crazy powerlifting turned conspiracy theorists, you know, <laughs> virologist expert friends have. But it is it is a subtle mutation of a conscientious thought process. It is because, and I think, I mean, at least for the entirety of my lifespan, as a Canadian, we've always touted this like this like socialist democratic system that we have and we've always looked to the states and been like look how fucking crazy that place is yeah this is why what we do is better and then we went into this pandemic and we sort of like saw the flaws in that system and now it's it's just gotten harder and harder as a canadian to support that old system that that has always sort of been the thing we've hung our hat on there's to me there's an underlying crux to this and that is the healthcare system, right? And that's yes. always, and that's been, that's everyone's biggest fear, right? And that's where people, they find they lack the greatest amount of control. Mm-hmm. So that's where they look to, out of fear, exact that control uh, to sort of make that them feel safe. When things are going great, the Canadian healthcare system is amazing. Yeah, you might have to wait like a few hours if you like stubbed your toe. <laughs> but other than that, everyone can get it. No one, no one goes you know, destitute because of the healthcare system. But at no point since the beginning of this has any money gone back into the system. So to our point earlier about like 
the free market economy ultimately being the best. Like, mm-hmm. you know, democracy is what is the quote? Democracy is the worst form of government, but it's the best one that we have. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, I think capitalism is the best form of government because it's you know the states are winning because people who can afford to rid themselves of this can rid themselves of it. But at least it's it's decreasing the overall burden on society. It's like imagine you're a rich person that never pay tax for anything and you got COVID. It's like, well, you got a bunch of money. It's like, okay, well, all that money that you had saved your whole life from living in the States, you can just go to Kaiser Permanente or you can go to Mount Sinai and you can get yourself sorted. So it's like you're kind of getting retroactively taxed. And if you can skate through this, navigate it and not get it and be fine, then you're still fine. Yeah. Right? Yeah, 100%. I mean, well, and even in Canada, like the healthcare system is great for like catastrophic things. Right. But if you have elective surgeries or you have, you know, even like I remember my dad having like uh, bone spurs in his ankle and he's like the wait time for the, the surgery was, I don't know, a year and a half or something. Yeah. He's like, I'm in pain every day, you know, and uh, he still because he had insurance outside of that was like, well, I can just go pay for it somewhere else and have it covered. He ended up going to the States. And just getting it done like the next week, right? You know, and that's that same exact thing. Like, if you have the means to do it, and you can circumvent that that whole system, like you sort of just pay that tax retroactively. If you're an American, yeah. for him, he kind of got double whammied, I guess. Yeah. But you know, like that's that's definitely an option if you're an American with. Yeah, the bottom. Like the, the troublesome thing out of this is there doesn't seem to be any legislation or any priority to change the status quo yeah right yeah do you think though that canadians for the first time are sort of like now and mind you maybe we've seen it just as our conspiracy theory uh powerlifting friends or whatever (laughs) turned virologists (laughs) but they're sort of like challenging the government and challenging sort of that obedience culture for the first time? I think so. I think that's a fair assumption. And I think large in part because in the last 15 years, maybe longer, maybe 20 years, there hasn't been the same push for a national identity. And I think that was something for the guy who does the daily carry photo, who doesn't have an identity, so who just right. identifies with the stuff in his cargo shorts, <laughs> is like we could... There's the, there was a default identity that was worth being proud of as a Canadian, right? Do you know what our last State of the Union address was? No. It was a fucking beer commercial. Come on. Do you remember that? No. Do you remember the beer commercial? The I am Canadian? I am oh. Dave? That was our last formal <coughs> State of the Union address as Canada as a nation. I haven't, seen a, I haven't seen one in the States, obviously, with you know the Senate being shut down for most of COVID and then the issues with Trump... Wait, but I, I, not, that, not you're you're talking not a real state of the union address, but you're talking, like just an identity thing. When is the last time Trudeau has done a state of the union address? Oh, I mean, yeah, right, I don't know. like an address to the nation. When he when he went to got caught in brownface, right? Apologizing. <laughs> so I think that's a big part of it, and that's a if you're to look a little bit deeper at like the qualitative or like the substantial differences between Canada and the United States. Canada's ident- or the U.S.'s identity is very much wrapped in to this, you know. If so, if the government was like, "Hey, guys, flatten the curve," but also we protect America and our interests all over the world, it's like, 
those two things don't coexist. You can't uh-huh. tell people that it's like we're going to march in through Aleppo and we're going to go through Afghanistan and Iraq, and obviously not with the current state of Afghanistan, but you can't instill that up to very recent history and then tell those people that they're going to stay inside. It's like this whole country was built on, you know, rock and roll and Bruce Springsteen and, and yeah. AR, whatever the fox. So those two things, co- where in Canada, it's like there's been no push for a national identity. So you see people just deteriorate because they just don't have any anything to be proud of. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, it's weird. It's, like you said, it's not uh, mediocrity, but it's like, it's like a, priding ourselves on just not rustling feathers. Right. Just kind of like being this sort of, this vanilla type people that's that are accepted everywhere. Yeah. You know, and you saw it. You went to... to Jordan. Jordan. Yeah. That got me out of a jam. Got me out of a jam in Lebanon, too. The Canadian passport, when you have it, it's an amazing thing to have. Because it is, you know, that... But I feel like in 20, 30 years, it won't be the case. If this, if this keeps up, because there hasn't been a push... Shane, do you know who Shane Koizan is? Do you remember mm. the 2010 Olympic Games in Vancouver? Yeah. So he did, like, he's a like a slam poet or whatever you'd call him. Uh, and he did a thing about, do you remember this? No. What's a slam no? poet? Uh, slam poetry is the worst. He, his was sick. Koizan was sick. It was just all about Canada. It's like, imagine, like, uh, nursery rhyme rap for emo kids. Is that kind of it? It's like white people rapping. But it's there's no okay. music to it. Anyways, th- I would say that's like the last like State of the Union address, which highlights all the things that, albeit maybe a vanilla culture compared to our brothers and sisters from the south. Right. There's a lot of endearing qualities about Canada, but there's just oh, that sure. that that narrative hasn't been pushed at all. So like the collective narrative is because like people are. I've seen people say this, and I don't agree. Like people say that they're not proud to be Canadian anymore. Like I'm not proud of our government. But our government doesn't dictate no. the identity of our country. Yeah, right? I think I'll always be proud to be Canadian. And anytime there's like a push, do you remember when the Raptors had that run and they won? Yeah. And they'd had that We the North campaign? Yeah. That About dude, it. man, that got me right in the feels. Every time I would see that come on, it's like, whoa, you know, that's like one of those things that just. I don't know. It was like the I am Canadian. Like it was a beer commercial, so it was like a little less heavy, you know. But that was something, like you said, that was sort of like a State of the Union address. And I think that Canadians really want that. Yeah. Like they want that thing. So when we have that, like Molson Canadian, like we get fired up about the beer commercial because it's like this is the thing, you know, that we can all say like the that like hard I am Canadian thing that they used to always say at the end of those commercials or. The like we the North was like a like a for me even feeling it like that was the most I always told you the most proud or the most patriotic I ever felt was once I left Canada yeah you know and looking back on it yeah you got that when you left Canada that's three months after I left I came back and was like put it on my fucking (laughs) yeah one hundred percent but I felt like that was uh, that's something that like all Canadians want and and like crave that we just don't have the same way that like America does. Right. America has freedom and like a few other like things that are like their thing. Um, and you're right. Canada just kind of doesn't have it. But I think it's so universal. Like whatever that thing is, because I've noticed this just in the wording. Like if you talk to someone, right. Because I've been around people from the States around people in Canada 
And like, if I were to run into like an Indian dude in, I don't know, let's go with Brampton. We both worked in right. Brampton. I would probably assume that he's Canadian, right? Like, if if I did like a kid our age that comes up and was like, "Hey, man, what's up?" Right, and just like talks just like us, I'd be like, "Oh yeah, no, dude, it's Canadian." Sure. And he would, you'd ask him, be like, "Yo, where are you from?" He's like, "Oh, I'm from from Brampton again." No shit, <laughs> but it would just right. be like, and we're in the states. It's African American. It's Indian American. It's Chinese American. Where yeah. it's like whatever that is, that Canadian identity, and the reason that you know you can be in a bind somewhere in the Middle East and just throw down the Canadian passport, and everyone would be like, "Okay." I think of it this way: Have you ever seen Training Day? Yeah, yeah. Where he fucking, where Ethan Hawke ends up up at the block with the cholos, and they got him in the hot, or they got him in the bathtub yeah. with the thing, and they're gonna waste him with the shoddy because he has his daughter or his cousin's fucking thing yeah. from like the two rapist guys. It's like, I feel like Canada in its history has always been as like a safe, like a place of refuge where it's been safe. Right. So people from all countries, all walks of life, it's like, oh, my, my grandfather went there or my, you know, we had cousins that moved there and they took them in where the, you know, the U.S. immigration may be a little bit more strict as we're finding out, even as <laughs> Canadians trying to get right. into the States. So I feel like just like those guys that were about to run up Ethan Hawke with the fucking shoddy to the dome, they're like, wait, no. And they call the they call the girl and was like, hey, did you, like some cop like help you out or whatever? He's like, yeah, like some white boy. And then they'd be like, oh, it's all business. Like, don't worry about it. So they just let him go because they helped him out. I feel like that's that's part of the Canadian identity is that we've been there historically, whether it's actually going to other countries as, you know, uh-huh. as, as peacekeepers, being affiliated with the United Nations or going in for missions, maybe less violent and hostile in areas where countries like the U.S., or Great Britain or Australia have kind of really been the tip of the spear. We kind of get that pass, but and in reciprocation, when those when those people, those cultures come here, they want that, right? They want that stamp. They want that what that I am Canadian. So when you ask, like literally anyone, and I've seen American people get frustrated because they just want to know where the brown guy's from, and then you know, bro, <laughs> bro, where are you from? I'm from what, like Steeles and McLaughlin? Like, do you want my home address? Like, what are you talking? <laughs> I'm fucking Canadian, man. And they're yeah. like, yeah, but like. Where are your parents from? They're like, yeah, Canada. I'm like, they're oh yeah, no, my like grandparents yeah, are like from Bangalore or something, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah, but it's 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 always something I notice because in the states, the segregation, and as kids, we were taught mosaic versus melting pot, yeah, and that the states was that. a melting pot, was how grade six social right. studies, but it's not. I would say the states is more of a mosaic, right? And the fact that you have these, where the Canada is more of a melting pot, where everyone's just Canadian. See, I see the complete opposite. I make the opposite argument all the time. Let's hear it. Like, in the States, everyone is a hyphenated American, as much as Woodrow Wilson wished they weren't. Like, if someone's Cuban-American, they're Cuban but also American. But, dude, if you go to Toronto, you can ask somebody our age, where Uh are you from? And they're going to tell you where their great-grandparents are from. Nobody identifies with being Canadian. I think that's a a recent thing. But even if it's recent, what I'm saying is that is the identity in Canada. The identity in Canada is not to be Canadians, to be wherever you used to be from. I think that's a chron- that's a ta- that's a temporal thing. And I, my, I'm saying 10, 15 years ago, it used to be what I'm saying. And I'm saying part of the issue now, because we don't have a superseding identity coming down from the top, that it is becoming what you're saying. But I've never experienced it the other way. I've never experienced it with someone telling me they've ever been Canadian. Really? My ever. entire grade school. And I'm not was, arguing. No, 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 for sure. It's like, just a different experience. No one's ever said it. And that's where I get frustrated because I'm like, no, you're not. You're not. Your fucking parents aren't even from there. 
your grandparents probably not from there either. It's like where are you actually from? Yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to think about where I sit on this because I've had experiences in in both categories where it's like yeah, in it's in Canada to your point, it's like people can much more easily, especially in Toronto, one of the most mm-hmm. multicultural cities in the world, bring their culture from wherever they're from to here and in like in basically enforce it. Yes. on the rest of Canada, well, right? Because there's enough of them in a city like Toronto. Yeah. Right? Like, I guarantee you, when you go to, what, Bridgewater? Uh-huh. Nova Scotia? There's got to be, like, there's got to be someone that owns a Chinese food restaurant. Right? There's always one in the Maritimes. Right. Then if you go up to, like, and his probably, his family probably is from China or some Asian right. country. If you ask, like, that guy in Bridgewater, they like, yeah, from Nova Scotia. But it's, like, because there's not enough of them to be, like, they're just falling, I don't want to say just falling in line, but... They don't have enough of a, a collective identity around them to keep that alive through generation to generation. Where maybe it's just a proxy thing. I think it might be a proxy thing, but I also think it's like an incentive to assimilate. Like in the states, people want the American dream. Like if I come from another country mm-hmm. for the American dream, I'm American. Right. Like I own this. Right. Like I came from a con- not me, but like this person comes from a country where they can't own anything. They're religiously persecuted. They arrive in a country where they can keep their head down own a franchise they're like no i'm american i own a house i own a franchise yeah my kids are american they go to american schools that i paid for with my money i am now american but in canada the incentive's not the same well, what for sure like mean? look at the, the, those Government two incentives for foreign people in canada are crazy but the incentive of identity is but yeah the, the identity is different for like for example in that one sentence like freedom and american dream two things that you can easily identify with how yeah. you literally had to describe a five-minute scene from training day Right to get your point across about what Canadian identity is, right? right. It's like that's that one that was really well done, like right? Great. You got really your can. point across, but like imagine that, like that's how we have to describe what our culture is. It's hard to be to to like. It's like imagine that's a marketing campaign, <laughs> right? You know what I mean? Four like, guys what? standing over Ethan Hawke with a shotgun. I am Canadian. <laughs> yeah, like it's it's tough to to get that point across of like what we stand for, whereas America is just like. Like you just said, freedom. Everyone knows what freedom is. Everyone knows what the American dream is. But have you ever seen, uh, okay, who played opposite Jim Carrey in Dumb and Dumber? Jeff Daniels. Yeah. Uh-huh. Jeff Daniels did a show. Uh, newsroom. The Newsroom. Yeah. Fucking incredible. Yeah, great. Does that like monologue. Where he does that monologue. Yeah. And it's like, and, and I mean, I'm going to meet somewhere in the middle here because obviously he made all his points were valid. Do you know the monologue I'm talking about? Where someone they are, they're asking a bunch of uh, uh, pundits or a bunch yeah. of uh, lobbyists or something like what it is, uh, or why is America the greatest country in the world? And then he sort of has this revelatory moment where he's like, "It's not the greatest country in the world," and starts to lay statistics uh-huh. down about like, you know, what what has been voted like the cleanest or the safest or the best or the best educated. We rank here in this level of education. We rank here and here, and just starts to show that. But America is like America's brand. Almost more so than their identity. Because the American lifestyle is the number one American export. Like, you'll be in the weirdest place, and there'll be a fucking McDonald's, right? Yeah. So, it, right. It, it's almost like, and I, I don't know what the difference between identity and brand is in this context, but if you say just do it, I think Nike, mm-hmm. right? Like, if you think of, I, I don't know, what would be another example of a brand that has a really, you know, unanimous slogan with it? Uh... I mean, I'm loving it. McDonald's yeah. just a double that's back, a good one. right? Yeah, that's a good one. And then you say freedom; it's just a slogan. 
It's a slogan to a brand. It's on, to me. It doesn't. I don't know what it is that personifies an identity. Right. But America to me is a brand that's sold worldwide. I think it's yeah. like the idea that you. I, I don't know. There's like a phrase. It's like you don't remember who starts a fight. You remember who finishes it. Yeah. Like you mentioned, <laughs> America being the tip of the spear, and they're not. They entered World War One late. That's right. a fact. They entered World War Two late. That's a fact. They finished both those wars. Right. Because nobody else could. I fuck with that. They wouldn't enter World War One because they were selling arms uh-huh. to all of the countries involved, and they didn't enter till they sunk that ship. They didn't enter World War Two till Pearl Harbor because yeah. they had no interest in it because it didn't affect them. But they showed mm-hmm. up and they finished it. But that's what America does, right? Like America finishes everything they're they start. Johnny on the spot. Like they yeah. show up when they're not invited to Vietnam, yeah. and <laughs> yeah. they fucking finish it. Right. You know what I mean? Cold War, they're gonna finish it. Or they're going to kill everybody. Right. So it's like people, they just show up and they're just like the loudest person who finishes the fight. And like, I think that's something people want to get behind. Because even in Canada, the people that are speaking out in Canada are speaking out, although valid their arguments are in this political climate, they're speaking out based on how they feel Americans would speak out from a conservative side of things. Yeah. I yeah. see that. Randy, you know I mean? Randy like, Hillier is a guy that comes to mind. They're sitting too mm-hmm. close to the border that they're like, if I was in the States, you know, this would be sick. Yeah. But it's like, but you've lived in a country 70% of the time run by a liberal government in which implicitly or explicitly you've benefited from that regime because you've never existed in a time where it's been conservative. Right. And you're choosing now to stake this stance that this country would have been more fruitful had it been a different government that you've never had it's odd though because conservative and liberal republican democrats yes we sit to the left regardless right yeah like harper a more conservative leader but he's very liberal right relative to the spectrum i'm a big harper fan big harper fan. but i just mean like people in canada are seeing republican the 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 right in the states and they're going like I'd fuck with that. Yeah. And it's like, but you never have. Right. Yeah. Be- uh, but it wasn't even on our purview. Like, I would say c- most Canadians are classic libertarians. Right. Right. Which is right now, I would deem right of the far right of the current political landscape. But they didn't even know that there was a further right to classic libertarianism. Right, because right? it's like we never really dealt with like, and I and I. Well, actually, well, we would point to the states and say yeah. that's why we're better. Right, yeah. right. But w- if we had that spectrum internally, I'm with you. Who knows where we would have landed, right? Because we never had like crazy, and I could be wrong, but to at least on the relative scale, like crazy right wing shit. We've never approached, no. in fact, the middle. <laughs> you don't think? No, no. Okay, like, I, I'm, I'm the, just, I agree. I'm just curious. Of, like, Look at any just like hot button topic. Like, go find me a place in Canada where the majority of people are uh, pro life. Pretty yeah. pretty hard, right? I mean, I would think to Alberta would be that would be where it starts. So. If you're like, yo, go sniffing around for some right wing conservatives, I would start in Alberta. I think you'll find them like close to the Montana border, and because of oil money in right. Calgary, sure. But like, and but look at the concentration of people. Mm. Right, like again, why is why do we talk about America? Because it's the guy who finishes the fight. It's the loudest person in the room. Yeah. Right now, Alberta seems like there's something because they're the loudest people in the room. Right. But look at the spread of population. Everyone lives here. Yeah. Right. It's like yeah, there's a few of you who live there who feel away. Most of you are transplants from Ontario. Yep. Who left to work in hospitality or oil. Right. So it's like, did you benefit from a conservative government ever in your life, being born and raised in Ontario? Yeah. And most of the people. 
making these conspiracy claims and kind of fighting back against the government have post-secondary education. Right. Which is a, a liberal concept. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very, like, any post-secondary education you enter to in Canada, you're in a liberal environment. <laughs> Find me one that's not. Right. Well, and also, but that's, I think it's a temporal thing again, right? Like, increasingly more so liberal is post-secondary education since we went through. Right. I mean, there are things, I remember even in high school, I would say that university started leaning left and then you, then high schools and grade schools started going further down that rabbit hole after. They, so they sort of spearheaded the initiative. I remember. I'm sure you remember things in high school. Like, there's no fucking way that teacher could have said that now. Oh, oh 100%. Right? Yeah. So I think, you know, it depends on the generation, right? Like, you know, my parents went to university, oh, gee, I don't know, 40, 50 years ago. And it's like they are a, a beneficiary of what I'm sure was a liberal government back then. But I don't think university then was a, as liberal a construct or vehicle or mouthpiece for an increasingly left-leaning government like it is now. I, right? I think, but what you're saying is it is temporal, and I think we can't equate. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, no. It's, it's yeah, like, yeah. yo, who's better, LeBron or Jordan? Yeah, and I think it's, like it's just like, game, right? it's just yeah. such an odd standpoint for me. Like, I don't know, this is just how I always think, which is why I don't usually argue a lot with people, uh-huh. because it's like the don't throw stones thing. Yeah. It's like I would hate for my argument to be taken down so easily by one piece of information. Right. By being like, yeah. well, you've benefited right there. Yeah. I think like I think the real reason for all of what we're talking about is that people are frustrated in this climate right now. Yeah. And it's not that they're choosing to it's it's not even that they strongly identify with like no. a different political view. They're just like whatever this is, I don't like I don't it. like it and I don't want this. But I think the deeper question is why were why was everyone simmering at ninety nine degrees and this one degree bring us to a boiling point? I think that's a deeper question for like future, like in preventative measures of this like social experiment that we're going through right now is like mm-hmm. why were we so at the brink that something like wearing a mask or something like vaccine booster is putting us right above the edge right? putting us right over the edge go on, sorry you ever seen the movie benny's video no no cool. uh, so it's by yeah. this dude named uh michael hannock he's austrian and it's about a kid who never leaves his room and doesn't see the outside world but he has a video camera set up in his window and the blinds drawn and he okay. videotapes the outside world but on his tv he watches a loop of when he was a child his dad i think his dad kills a pig for them okay. to like eat for dinner and he just watches this video of this ki- uh, this pig killed on a loop and then everything he understands of the outside world is through a camera so everyone is a character in a movie like he doesn't uh-huh. understand humanity so I think what you're saying is why was everyone boiling and then it spilled over well everyone was locked in their homes in which they watched the world play out not even through the lens of what was going on outside but through the curated lens of how they chose to see what was happening outside like people couldn't leave their home right so they sat in their house with, like, hopefully someone else, the majority of people alone. Sure. And absorbed the world through the lens of whatever they absorbed through before, but it had no diffuser on it. Like, I could watch the RT News, the Russian Times, every day, <laughs> but if I had a full-time job, I'd go to work, and I'd have to assimilate into a society in which people are taking down, like, what we see are heinous crimes. Right. Right? Like, even racism, for example, seems really extreme if only seen through the lens of extreme racism. Right. But if you play hockey or you play any sport or you work a trade and people are calling the Italian guy pizza dude <laughs> and saying crazy stuff, you're like, oh, okay. 
Like, I see a gradient to the behavior. Yeah. But if right. I'm locked inside for two weeks staring at the TV and this is what I understand it to be, in extreme and as awful as it is, that becomes what I understand it to be. So I think the boiling point was what we always see, which is in isolation, right? right. If you want to make anything seem uh, far more heightened, isolate it. Just look at it through a fucking Like, if you ever eat in the dark, ev- citrus tastes like citrus if you eat in the dark. Well, this The scary thing point. to me, because you said, like, you're making making the comparison of the movie where everything was seen through this this curated lens, and then drawing the comparison to like how we we're digesting news through social media or TV or whatever. The scary part, and I think the real thing that's becoming increasingly more frustrating now with some like local de- or recent developments is that curation process was was out of your control, right? Like the the, the other day with social media going down and that off the backs of the claims that from the whistleblower in Facebook that Facebook yeah. to drive traffic within the vehicle of tra- of Facebook was actually prompting inflammatory articles albeit potential misinformation just to stir the pot well like one thing i look at from it like we talked kind of bring it full circle we talked about concealing carry and why i don't really get it Mm -hmm. but like the unnerving part of that is like the unknown enemy right and i think because it's been so politicized like people wearing a mask outside if you're a person who doesn't believe in masks that person shows themselves as a supporter of the enemy for this thing that when you were locked inside, you hated so much. Right. And then you go outside and there's a guy on the street wearing a mask outside. And you're like, you're the reason why. Like, you're the person perpetrating this. And that's why it doesn't move forward. Yeah. But it's like, man, I wear a mask when I go into stores. And when I used to live in a condo, my pharmacy was in the fucking lobby of my condo. And I'd walk outside for a minute. And I'm like, I'm not pulling this down to pull it back up. Right. So it's like in the moment you see someone with a mask on, it's like maybe they just got off the subway. Yeah. And they're doing 19 things. And they're like, yeah, I'll fucking take it off in a second. But you're like... Look at this fucking idiot with his mask on outside. It's like, what is going on? Like, uh-huh. you're just going to the end of this idea in which you have. And it's your idea of, like, we need to visualize who the enemy is. Like, why was terrorism so bad in the long run? Because of Islamophobia. Right. Right. And that's the thing. Like, but that only worked because the people that were most scared didn't exist in metropolitan melting plot neighborhoods where they ate Afghani food every day. Right. And they're like, oh, this guy's not bad. Like, I go there every day. Yeah. But somebody in Indiana, like, sitting on a farm was like, are you fucking kidding me? And then they go out in the street and they're like, that's it. That's the enemy. Yeah. uh, The idea of the enemy not being outside our borders is concerning to me. Right? Because, like, better, worse, good, or bad, the United States works best when they're at war. It's a it's a country driven by the military industrial complex. Right. Right. If right. if like the, the stock market is high, if Lockheed is doing well, if Lockheed <laughs> Martin is doing well, that's like your country barometer. Uh-huh. If like Lockheed is putting missiles on Mars, you're like, all right, U.S. <laughs> and her interest, freedom and all the other on brand stuff is doing well because there's a unification. Right. The identity is a rallying cry against because I think we'll always need an enemy. Like we always need a rock to push up the hill. Yeah, it's sort of like a yeah, Sisyphean yeah. bullshit sort of analogy. But it's like I think and I don't want to predict anything, but I think that'll be what pulls us out of it. Like you're worried about fucking, you know, like when the second tower dropped, you weren't worried about anything. Right. Like you weren't right. worried about a sniffly nose. You weren't worried. And because we've had it right. Like we've had. How uh, Ebola, SARS, Zika virus, yeah. sorry, we've had all of these Avian things. Flu. 
But simultaneously, Wolf Blitzer wasn't standing in front of a 19-foot fucking digital microbiome COVID-19. He was standing in front of, you know, a digital representation of, like, a Toyota standard-issue ISIS pickup truck, right? (laughs) So it's just, like, once the enemy can get outside the borders again, there'll be a sense of unification. Like, you don't care who's wearing a mask and who's not wearing a mask if it's, like, China's got the A-bomb. Right. Kind of like, well, this guy might sneeze on me, but North Korea could just turn two keys and then boom goes the dynamite. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, it's tough, though, because that like could be happening right now anyway, which and, is a whole other can of worms. But I think that's it's just, like... It's more subtle now. Like, terrorism is yeah. is not in your face the way it used to be. It's propaganda online and them, ta- like, you know, like all the whole Facebook thing. Right. Russian... Bots like, are fucking yeah, driving, yeah, just making us fight each other. Well, because social media is another form of government, and I think that's what people don't don't really understand. Well, I th- I think we're just adopting, like you said, terrorism is different now. It's like mm. every era has a different version of terrorism. Like between 1932 and like world, like when World War II was at its height, yeah, domestic terrorism in the states was like a wild volume of child kidnappings, to like <laughs> an insane degree. Was it? Yeah, there was like uh, uh, the Greenlease kid, like Bobby Greenlease. There was uh, the, who the fucking pilot, Lindbergh, mm-hmm. Lindbergh baby. The Changeling movie is based on a kid stolen in like the 30s, and it's like there was a high volume of kidnappings and ransoms in the states, and it was like a serious. That was terrorism. They didn't have other terrorism. Right. And then World War Two happened, like you said. So it's like then we saw domestic terrorism in the states blow up in the 90s with like the Christian uh, Christian pride movement Christian identity movement right. which was like Oklahoma City all the failed bombings like what happened in Montana Freeman um, I can't remember the other one and then it's like now we have this so it's like it maybe it pulls us out into like another global conflict but maybe because technology is so vast now like maybe it's just going to be like a weird internet cold war yeah I mean I like the classics, like, and as much as you don't want to wish war on inter- I like international the classics. Well, it's I like see where that goes. just <laughs> like just like international conflict is always no matter. And again, like, does the internet fracture this orbit? Right, this orbit of cyclical behavior. Right, we had uh-huh. we had the Hong Kong flu in like the late sixties. We had all of this sort of, and now it's like we've we've come to orbit again. But between sixty nine. And 2021, what's been the major thing? It's like, well, have we now changed the course of history? Like, literally changed the trajectory of cyclical, you know, concurring events? I don't know. Because it's like, I know historically, a really good, and good is a terrible way to phrase it. But, you know, Crips versus Blood, Pac versus Biggie, (laughs) Black versus White, whatever the conflict is... It at least creates unification, right? Yeah. It, well, it allows you to pick a team and identity. Right. But it broadens the identity outside of your border. Because, like, there's... It has... To, like, if it's international, then black and white within a country seems like a lesser... Or not like a... You know, not like it's not existing. Uh-huh. But that conflict is, like, now national identity matters again. Now yeah. being an American, being free, it's like, well, he's black, but he's not... He's not them. 
right? Like, you know, some guy in Indiana, to your point earlier, it's like after the second tower goes down, maybe the like maybe the black dude isn't as, as concerned on the or like in the height of the mind of like like a racist white guy in the in the Midwest. Sure. You know, now he can change his focus. It's like, we'll deal with you later. We got a bigger problem over here. It's like, let's go, brother. And then there's like a weird sense of unity. Like the enemy of the enemy is thy friend. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's sort of like, I don't know if that's what it takes, if that's even possible. Like it does technology decentralize the battlefield outside of physical location. I think it just I think it just changes the rhythm of it. Right. Because like just imagine like the pacing of how slow things moved. And it's like. Now with the internet, like things move faster than we can ever imagine. So it's like, are we almost just like going through everything at fast forward now in a way, right? Like, are we actually going to skip that conflict? Right. Or to a lesser degree, but a higher frequency are these conflicts, are these cycles being closed every day? Yeah, well, I think that's the problem. I think that's, yeah, I I think that you're right because any one of these thousand things (laughs) that have occurred internationally over the last year could have started a world war like go back 50 years 100 years right but now it's like i don't know north korea does something crazy and next week it's another country right and this like there's no time to even take action because something hugely crazy and disruptive is happening one after another after another after another which i think has always been the case it's just we just see it see it now Yeah, yeah exactly yeah yeah, well, and public support is like you know what I mean. You can't you can't go to war without public support, right? Yeah. Right, and it's it used to be that the government had control of that information, that narrative, right? You they oh we we want to go to war because of this, and this is the information that we're going to put out. But now it's like everyone has all of the information immediately. Well, to your point about Miami, the public support or lack of support for COVID masks ended COVID's hold on Miami. It was just like no, and then Miami was like okay. Yeah, we're gonna go with this, and now it's like, if a school threatens to do something, they can get a fine or something like that. Like, did you read that? What's, if what's schools that? like, yeah. if schools don't allow students in who aren't wearing masks, or if they threaten to like, this uh, Canada or U.S. This is U.S. This is in Florida. Like, if you, it's like the opposite of what's going on in Canada. Oh, okay. If you say students have to wear a mask and you're whatever at a school, you can be fined five thousand dollars. Wow, but if that's pure, if they were still inside flattening the curve, it's like that would never happen. No, 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 of course not. Right, but yeah, we've had we're like Miami is um, in the COVID sense, like a year in the future. Yeah, you know, so and that's and just to think about like things out of orbit and like how odd that is. The idea that Florida is a place where you go for normalcy. It's like, no, (laughs) 20 years ago, Florida is where you went to kill people and get away with it and to rig elections. Now it's like it's a beacon for hope. It's future. Florida being futuristic is hilarious. Yeah. Well, it's only. Yeah. I don't know if it's futuristic or it's just like just lawless country. Yeah. You know, you can just go there and just live how you want to live kind of thing. Yeah. It is. It's so America. It's it's. It's like Texas. It's the same thing, right? Like that's the place where there's no rules, and that's the rule. It's like a, it's like the America flagship store. If America was a brand, <laughs> yeah. it's like America Outlet Mall. Yeah, hundred percent. Look, we've gone long, no? Yeah, we do that. That's uh, that's good because I had so many other things that I wanted to talk about, but I guess that means we need to do a part two. Well, apparently you're gonna be here for a while, yeah. so yeah. we can speak Watch fondly of your memories of America. From the studio <laughs> in Toronto. Beautiful. Yeah, I forget what that place is like at this point. 
Um, but yeah, uh, thank you guys. Yeah, thanks for you. thanks for letting me do my podcast in your studio. I, I figured it's literally the least we could do <laughs> for the number of stuff I've done in your house and your studio. <laughs> This yeah. is yours. No, it's always a blast, man. And these ones always go long because we could literally just talk about anything forever. Yes. This it's this good. conversation may or may not have happened regardless of us wearing <laughs> yeah. cool headsets. Amazing. Anyways, thanks everybody for listening. And let's call that a wrap. Wait a minute.